Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the ultimate Springboks versus France 2023 Rugby World Cup quarterfinal preview. I'm going to be joined by Achbert Bosak. You may have seen him on Ian Ness reading the sports news. He's a veteran sports journalist, also been at SABC and Supersport over the years, even though he never gave me a job at Supersport in those days. Achbert, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Listen, thank you so much and uh, thank you for dissing me to the viewers so so easily, man. I haven't even started dissing you, but you're already having a dig at me, man. <laughs> but look, you're overseas, so you must have done something right. I must have done something right. And you know what? To be fair, I don't think I ever actually applied for a job at Supersport, so there is that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Akbar, let's get started. How daunting is the prospect for the Springboks of facing the host nation in a Rugby World Cup quarterfinal? Peter, you know what? Uh, it's one of the draws that I was hoping the Springboks would avoid. Uh, there's a part of me that was hoping we would have the All Blacks instead of the French. Because having your host nation, all that crowd in the start of France, in a pressure cooker situation... It's incredibly difficult. You'll have the referee that's scrutinizing every single part of it. You'll have the French uh, crowd baying for blood. So it's, and I've been one of those people that have been lucky to have been in the Stade de France. It's an incredibly noisy stadium, even though sometimes the crowd is a bit far, but it's big and cavernous. And that crowd can get on your back very quickly. But having said that, and this is what we must remember about this particular Springbok side, is they've played host nation before. It was Japan in 2019. They've got through that game fairly, fairly well and fairly convincing. And I personally think that this current crop of 2023 is a bit better than the 2019 team. They've seen this before in every situ sort of situation, uh, Peter, that we've seen the Springboks in. They've come back from adversity. You know, whether it was against the British Lions in 2021, they've come back and won again. We've seen now against the All Blacks this year, they've come back, they've learned lessons, they've won that game. Uh, France will be interesting, though. The French, I think this French side, are much better than people give them credit for. They've got an incredible coaching team. Fabien Galtier, uh, Sean Edwards, the defence coach, has done incredible work working on their defensive work and their mentality. Don't forget, there's also a South African, uh, Flox Leo's the kicking coach. So if you're going to ask me to be a betting man today, I'm going to say South Africa with one point with Marnie Lubbock to kick the penalty that wins us the game. I love that. We'll talk more about Marnie in a moment. But let's start with that old adage that they speak of in rugby, that it all starts up front. Let's compare the scrums. How do you think the two eights compare with one another? So I personally love the French back row. Uh, uh, Charles Olivon Aldrit, they, they've been incredibly impressive players for me. I don't think people realize how good Aldrich has been uh, before as a captain and Olivon. And they need that sort of access between uh, six, seven, eight, and of course, DuPont at nine. Those are crucial decision makers. But having said that, you know, I, I like the fact that the Springboks have have variety and they use the options that they have with Dwayne at eight. They've got Jasper Visa sometimes that they use. Um, so the Springbok side um, are very good in, uh, and they adapt at what your position is throwing at them. 
The only disappointment I might have, Peter, is I was I expected a lot more uh, physicality from the Springboks against Ireland. That was a bit of a disappointment. And if I can come back to you, uh, just take you back, you know, um, when you choose a 7-1 uh, split in terms of your forwards and one back, you know, you sort of expect blunt force trauma that's going to hit you. Um, Ireland were very clever at how they negated us. And I'm sure the French would have seen how they would have negated, how their pack of forwards negated the box power game. One thing we don't talk about, and I know lots of people talk about the back rows and all of that, right? What the Springboks might crucially miss, and we've seen it in, in, in games throughout this tournament, is Malcolm Marks, that we've missed him. And the reason I say we missed him, not only for his all-round game and his line-out throw and his scrumming, but the way that he goes into the breakdown and he's like another loose forward. You know, he goes in there, he gets the turnovers with Sia or whoever it is, right? It's a pity that we don't have them because if we had him as maybe on the bench or coming on or starting the game, I would have given us an extra three, four, five points because of the pressure that he puts on the opposition and what the value that he brings in the pack of forwards. But having said that, you spoke about the back rows. I like the versatility. I like the way we look. I also like the fact that we have chosen Kubus Reinach uh, as a scrum half. Uh, which says to me that the box are willing to think out of the box. They've got a, a, a guy whose service is faster. He's speedy. So um, hats off to the hats off to to Rassi and the guys. They they're willing to make uh, decisions and they stick by it. Let's talk about the lineouts. I think that the Springboks have the best lineout in the world. I'm sure that there are people that would disagree with me. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I I I'd say that I would. Um, and, and it's been an incredible weapon that the box use, especially in the mauling game. You know, how they maul, how they take the ball in. You know, there's no doubt that it's an incredible weapon. Having said that, though, it's interesting how teams, especially the Irish, have learned to negate that sort of threat from the spring box. You know, I know people will talk about the, uh, the last maul, and we haven't seen a lot from the spring box how they use their mauling game. They only saw it a bit against Tonga, so there's this theory that they're holding back a bit. I'm not so sure. You know, if it's a massive weapon, like you say, they line out is great. If it's a massive weapon, use it. Use the blunt force trauma against sides. Um, I'd like to see what the French come up with uh, to see how they can stop them all. One thing I want to also tell you, which I was hoping I'd see more of, was that I was hoping that the Springboks would punish teams more uh, when you lose, when they when they lose possession, they kick the ball away. You know, uh, I'm slightly disappointed that I haven't seen our backs. Uh, you know, cut teams to ribbons like we saw on the All Black warm up game. That was impressive for me to see what Kirtley Arnsen did, uh, what Kenan Moody did, what Marnie Lubbock did. We haven't seen that, and I was hoping that this uh, management would have worked more on our attacking game to complement our forwards game. They haven't unleashed it, you know, uh, and we're talking about France now. Remember, um, I think they refer to it as the Champagne Rugby, you know, which the French are famous for. And there was a period in the 2000s where they sort of dropped off and they went to their Dao kicking position game. I haven't seen that Champagne Rugby from the box that they've been threatening to unleash. And we've only seen in glimpses. Maybe on Saturday we'll see it. 
It'd be great if we do, and we'll come to that as well, um, just continuing with our assessment of the forwards. And you mentioned the refereeing and obviously the cauldron that is the Stade de France and the pressure that comes with that. The breakdown is going to be crucial. How do you see that playing out on Sunday night? Yeah, I mentioned it before. Uh, I, I am disappointed, like I said, I am disappointed that Malcolm Box isn't there. He's such a major weapon uh, for us. And... I think the box will also have seen how quickly teams have targeted the breakdown. That's what Ireland did against us. They flooded the breakdown. They stopped our ball. They got massive turnovers, which helped them and stop our momentum. I'm sure France will try and do the same. And France also have some destructive runners, you know, quick players. Uh, I think now Cameron Wookie, who's sort of a very mobile, um, uh, he's great in the lineup. He's very mobile. He goes for the breakdown. They've got some really good players that go and try to ret- return the ball. I think uh, 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 Flamon is one of those players that they use as well. you know. And of course, Antoine Dupont, if he eventually now comes on a place. So it'll be crucial. And they're going to look at that. So the box will try and negate it. And I think they'll be prepared for whatever the French are going to try and throw at them. I mean, look. There's not a lot of difference between the two sides, to be honest, uh, Peter. I mean, if you look at what happened last year in November when France sprayed the box in Paris, I, I would the box played better than I expected them against the French. But the French somehow managed to repel the box and they managed to, whatever they went through, that intense, um, that intense sort of uh, uh, tension that was in the game and uh, the, the stress that they were put under and um, they managed to sort of uh, repel the box and eventually they won. So I'll, I'll, I'll be, I don't want to be a betting man this weekend. Eh? It's going to be in Afrikaans. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link. I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box. And there will be great benefits for members. Let's get back to the interview. Akbar, something that has been very surprising to me is this mob almost on social media that have had this idea all along, it seems, that with DuPont out, it would be better for us to play against France. But they are far from being a one-man team. As you and I have discussed here, they are actually a very, very good side with or without Antoine DuPont. And now, of course, he is back in training. And at the time of us recording this, we don't know if he's going to be in the starting 15 or on the bench. Uh, come Sunday night. But how important is his absence or presence in that French squad, do you think? Look, hats off to the French. Uh, Maxime Lucou and uh, uh, Jalibert. I always got confused between Jalibert and Jaminet. But the, the new, new half-pairing that they've got have been excellent. And it's almost like that's galvanized the French in a way uh, because that half-back pairing of, of Lucou and, and, and Jalibert, look, these aren't mugs. If you have to be in that French setup, they, they aren't mugs. The thing is, Dupont is such a totemic figure for the French. You know, his he's, 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 he's kicking is, and his tactical kicking from, from hand is magnificent. His, his aerial at, at, attacks and his aerial kicking is second to none. And I think people sometimes disregard what he does on defense for the French, you know. He really is sort of the defensive linchpin where things start. Uh, he organizes things for them and, and on attack and on defense. So, look, I would probably think 
it's a bit like, you know, you look at an Argentina football side to make an analogy. Everybody else in that team is capable and adept at winning a World Cup without Lionel Messi. But that presence of knowing that he's in the team, he's available to play, he can come on when needed, is a, a massive psychological boost for the French. I mean, I still want to see what he does when he's put under real, real intense pressure like a, a team like the Springboks, because we are able to do it. We've put him under pressure last year. He got sent off, uh, made a rash tackle, tackle on, I think it was uh, Cheslin Colby, and got a red. So he's human after all. He's got a massive X factor. But I've been, I've been very impressed by what I've seen from the French without him. And even though I make them slight favourites, the box can beat anybody on the day. Like I said, I can see Marnie kicking that last kick to make us win 18-17. Mark my words. I love that kind of talk, Egbert. And speaking of Marnie Leboc, that is my next question. What's your opinion on the Marnie versus Andre Pollard debate? South Africans, and I'm talking about South African rugby fans, and I don't want them to come at me when they listen to this. We are extraordinarily fickle. We can be extraordinarily fickle, and we've got an extraordinarily short memories. Mani Lubok was probably the main driver for the, the Stormers of the past two seasons. Um, we'll, for, we'll forget that Kiki put against Ulster in the semi-finals of the URC to, to win the game. Right, He had to kick that. There was a pressure kick from the corner. He put it in. So the man is capable of kicking. And people, people forget that. And I've, I've watched rugby for a very, very long time. I don't want to give my age away. But I've seen great players miss kicks, eh? Uh, Michael Liner, uh, Johnny Sexton, Dan Carter, Andre Pollard. I've seen people miss kicks. It happens to kickers. It's not a strange thing. And I think he's going through a he was going through a bad time, which happens to players. But remember, what he delivers and brings to the Springboks is I haven't seen a game player like that since maybe, you know, uh, the ability to send your backline away and kick out of head. He's a crucial player for the Springboks. Now, I know there was this talk that maybe the Springboks must have Pollard and Axis of maybe Marnie and Pollard next to each other. But defensively, I mean, Jonathan Dante, if you have give him that option, that French center, if you give Jonathan Dante that option to take Marnie and Andre Pollard, he would do that all day in the same style that Bundy Aki would do that for Ireland. So you need to understand why the Springboks would choose Marnie at 10. And then Pollard. If I had to, you know, you can see I'm a big guy, you know, so I like my food. If I had to make a, if I had to make a, a, a if I had to make an analogy between the two fly halves, and they're both good. Marnie's like uh, uh, Andre Pollard is your cheeseburger and chips type of fly half. You know what you're gonna get. He's gonna, it's gonna hit the spot all the time. Brilliant, all of that. Marnie is like a nice, a, a nice plate of extra hot biryani. You're going to wait for it. Your mouth's going to water. But when it does, man, it hits the spot in such a way that you're going to talk about it because it's extraordinary. So so that's how I see them. And they can complement each other. And I can see maybe if the game is tight, Marnie starts. But if the game is tight towards the end, Pollard is there maybe, you know, to consolidate the game for us. And, I, and, I, and you should applaud the Springboks for that and the, the management for managing it like that. 
Akbert, uh, a lot of people have given Marnie a hard time, as you say, specifically on his goal kicking. And I think it's justified given, you know, the record for the last five test matches or so. But as you say, that creativity that he brings to the back line, it's the kind of thing that we seldom have seen in a Springbok team, uh, certainly since readmission. Uh, would you go so far as to say that Marnie Lebok is perhaps a Jedi Grandmaster? Uh, I I I love that, and you know, I brought my uh, uh, I, as you know, I'm a big fan. I even have my little uh, my helmet here, as you can see, my Mandalorian helmet here, to say if I put it on, this is the way. <laughs> you know, so I I I happen to think, you know, the force is strong with Marnie, the force is the force is strong with him. Uh, whether he's a Jedi in my Darth Vader voice. The force is strong with you, but you are not a Jedi yet. And you know, and maybe that status he will reach is is probably on the weekend if he if he puts in such a performance that the doubters will finally be silenced. Look, I happen to like Marnie. I think he's a great flyer in the same way that Andre Pollard is a great flyer. You know, but I think people with that creativity needs needs to be nurtured. I just want to tell you a little story about you know. I remember when I was a kid. Uh, one of the f- sort of the first rugby series that I followed was the 84, the Wallabies that went to on a Grand Slam tour in 84, you know. And I was drawn to this flyer that they had called Mark Eller. You know, he was magnificent. Uh, he created, and I think they had another fullback that was kicking. I'm not sure whether his name was Brendan Moon or uh, Brendan, but he did all the kicking for Australia. But the invalu- the how invaluable Mark Eller was for the Wallabies, eh? and the way he played, the way he created, he made me fall in love with rugby. And in the same way, you know, and I know it's a it's a bit of a stretch for some people. Marnie Lubbock's got that magic around him, and that stardust, that you know, that that delay of when he's going to give you the pass or not, that little box kick that opens it up, you know. And I mean, no disrespect to to to, uh, and, and and I think it's true. You can criticize him for his his kicking game, but if, I've seen. Andre Pollard must from right in front, uh, you know, matches when he's been off. So for me, the gamble in having a player that can create so much. And people forget, uh, uh, Peter, people forget that Lukanyo Am, that usually is there at 13 for us, is not there. You know, that could have created and, and managed the defenses he does. Eh? Marnie has gotten through all of that and still delivers such match after match that creativity i i'm a huge fan i'm unashamedly a huge fan sounds good to me now i want to talk a little bit more about the attacking and come back to a talking point that you raised a little bit earlier Achbert. And that is our execution in the 22. And Rusty Rasmus a few weeks ago was at pains to point out that it's not just goal-kicking opportunities that we were not executing, but also try-scoring opportunities when we're in that 22. And I think there was a step, certainly before the Tonga game, that out of all the teams at the Rugby World Cup, I think we were the second lowest when it came to execution once inside the 22 of the opposition. It is something that concerns me, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I I must tell you, that's my biggest, biggest concern that you mentioned. If you look at the Scotland game, we dominated Scotland properly, but the halftime, it only let's say 6-3. We were in the, we, we were in the 22, we dominated. Okay, Marnie missed a couple of kicks and all of that. But the point was, we were 6, we let 6-3 at halftime against the side who... 
threw nothing, they threw no punches, but they were still in the game. We waited then for Mani to bring some X factor in the second half for that kick, and that's the one that Kurtley Ahrens scored, and we managed to get some parity and some daylight between us and the Scots. But it sort of reared its head in that crucial Ireland game where we dominated and the Irish defence managed to repel many of us, uh, many of our attacks, which I think uh, is, a, is, a, is a concern against a side that's going to try and hang on or has got the ability to finish you. I mean, uh, from broken play, and I've watched the French now from broken play in this tournament, you not only have Dupont that can punish you, but Damien Penno at the back uh, that's, that's looking for opportunities or, or uh, is, is ex- uh, uh, Gail Fiku is one of them. You know, they can punish you. The Springboks, I hope, will go into this game and try and be more attacking. I was hoping, like I said to you before, I was hoping to see more of our attacking flair at the back. But you're right, we're not finishing. And I'm hoping, though, the analogy, an analogy that I used before when I spoke to you was that every time the Springboks have had their backs to the wall, they've come back. 2019, they lost to the All Blacks, they've won. Um, every time they've they've been in a situation where they've been backs to the wall, they've had an ability to come back, like I said, against the British and Irish Lions and, 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 and that series, which they eventually won. You know, so they've proven to us they can. I'll be more than, I'll be incredibly impressed if the box get past us. Uh, all the stress, all the referees, all the scrum. I, I must just add to that. Uh, it, I was expecting more scrum dominance from the Springboks uh, against Ireland. Uh, I haven't. I haven't seen it as yet, you know, and it's a big thing for the French if they are not overawed at the scrum. Uh, so apart from our finishing that you mentioned, we must have parity in the set piece and the scrum and in the lineouts. We must have that. Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program, toll-free helpline 0800 006 008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. Final question, Achbert, and this is a favourite when it comes to Springbok fans. What is going to happen as far as the refereeing is concerned? Ben O'Keefe is the man with the whistle on Sunday night. My wife's got a joke for my wife. My wife refers to me as Ben O'Thief. You know, I was pleasantly surprised by how he handled the Ireland game against us. Remember, he was also uh, the referee in the second test against the British-Irish Lions, which we won quite convincingly, 27-9. So it's not all bad for us, you know. Um, He is a bit loud, but the box have done uh, an incredible job, a PR job with referees with Rassi talking to them and trying to change the view, uh, apologizing, having a mere culpa about the videos that he's made. So we also haven't had any yellow cards so far. We haven't had anybody sent off. There hasn't been any headshots, even though we've been incredibly lucky in certain games, which looked a bit dubious. And I thought this has to be a card already, but it hasn't happened, which tells you the box have done really hard, really, really good work with the referees and how they are perceived and how they are playing and how they're playing the referees. I would expect more of it, but there's going to be added pressure on Ben O'Keefe with a crowd, 
with the uh, French TV directors that um, will look at certain angles uh, and not show certain angles, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, I'm not really saying that, that you do that on purpose. But uh, but uh, take your hat off to, to, to Rassi and Jacques about how they have changed the way the referees look at us. Because in the past, we've been really, really harshly judged with yellows and reds. It hasn't happened so far. Let's see if it goes on. I, I was quite impressed by Ben O'Keefe in the Ireland game. I thought he got lots of calls right. Even the contentious uh, mall at the end where people said he, he um, blew the whistle too quickly. When you look at it properly, he was looking for the ball on the one side. He said, I can't see the ball. Then went to the other side to see the ball. The mall collapsed. And by the time the mall collapsed, the ball came out. And he said, but that's it. So I, I expect a, another solid performance, hopefully, from the referee. But the French crowd can change you like that, eh? And we are very nervous and certainly I'm feeling very uncomfortable. But I'll be honest, my head and my heart are in conflict. But I'm going to say this, Ahbert. In 1995, the only other time that South Africa and France have played at the Rugby World Cup, the score was 1915. And I'm going to go with a repeat of that on Sunday night. So my score was 1915. And you've gone 1817 with Marnie Leboc to kick the winning penalty, right? Yeah, I, I well, yeah, I, I, I must say the French to this day complain about that try that Abdel Delatif Benazir, they felt that he had scored the try and all of that. Uh, I'm incredibly excited about this game. I'm incredibly excited to see what challenge the box can overcome this challenge because I personally believe if the Springboks get through this particular game, uh, they're into the final and they could win it. You know, But it's that double-edged sword. If we don't, they're coming home and we're all... Um, we'll all be downing our brandy and cokes here and looking for somebody to blame. And no doubt that is exactly what will happen if we lose, as we well know. Ahmed, let's leave it there for now. I want to say it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby. It really was a pleasure, a fascinating conversation. I really hope we can have you on the show again in the future. And may the force be with you. Let me take my hat off and say, this is the way. <laughs>